I think the thing that I love the most about uh, the fog machine and Mark has set up a fog machine here in the podcast. So we actually we actually are doing a podcast with full blown stage effects tonight. I genuinely thought I might be on fire. Yeah, yeah. No, the best thing about it is like when he shuts it down, it sounds like maybe there's a cat on an electric fence. Like I don't, I'm not really sure. Well, there's something else going on here, and that there, is that there's a, a large head and face staring yeah, what at is, us. What is Godspell, Mark? Well, it's a play. Okay. Well, it's got it's a musical. More it's here. a musical. Okay, so but, it's yeah. definitely a, a Mark Cuvion production. Piece. Yes, but yeah, a joint. A Mark Cuvion so, joint. So my high school did did a uh, production of Godspell when I was a senior in high school, and I was uh, starring in, apparently in, in the uh, band. One it's, of the members of Queen. It's a rock musical, or Kiss, and uh, or April. Wine. And I I hand uh, illustrated the uh, April the wine. For it, yeah, so. that's what we have hanging in our garage now. Is it's yeah. pretty a giant cool banner from Godspell. It's it's it's. I'm actually pretty amazed by how much I thought it was just like a print. Janet Janet asked me when I hung it up, "Is that meant to be funny or creepy?" <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say creepy. Is this a Halloween thing? Because it's pretty creepy. This big, well, is big this head, like a like, Japanese flag thing here, or is no, that just like, like, a, like acne kabuki, or what? Uh, like a like. Well, they're all theater. In, in the musical. They're all kind of clowns. Like the disciples, et and Ryan's pointing so. at it like you uh, listening at home or in your car or wherever can can see. But yeah, the on the cheek, there's sort of a you know the like long, the rising it's, sun thing from a, yeah, it's like a you know it's a red dot. We can post a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that, that it's, good. it's super exceptional. So we have musical things. We have got like a little bit of like. A, Meatloaf's stage production set going on here in the yeah. That's a good and, that's a good way to put it. Next yeah. week, pyrotechnics. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want. Yes, I've been watching that. Uh, that uh, whatever that that Geico ad where they've got the dudes singing the final countdown when the guy's got oh, yes. Europe burrito Europe, with yeah. the yeah. microwave and it's like I was like, yeah, hair bands are everywhere. I guess. Yep. Uh, All right. So right. well, well, something else has changed. I just want to. I have to mention it because oh. it's been like the topic of, topic of conversation oh, yeah. Yeah. almost every single week yeah, for the last closed year. Closed captioning in here. Yeah, there is closed captioning or closed ceiling actually. Yeah, oh so, yeah. Yeah. Sure so Mark enough. has had no <laughs> holes in the ceiling. If you have listened to this show uh, at all over the past several months, Mark has had this. When we recorded in Mark's garage, he's got this had, had has had this big gaping hole in the ceiling, and now it looks like a. It looks like it looks like it was never there. It just looks like a ceiling. I know. And I think that's really what you want when you get your ceiling repaired. You, you don't want it to like stand out. Dude, your wife well, is going to sleep like a baby while we do these things well, now. Here's the other thing. It's like it keeps the freshness of the podcast in. Oh, so that's a smart. You yeah. can like stew in it's the like, juices. Like fresh, the freshness sealed? Yes. Trademark? Like ergonomically. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Anyway. Uh, music now. I'm Shane. Ryan. Kevin. And Mark. Somebody likes it. thing is that uh, apparently there is a uh, uh, a Will Ferrell themed bar in New York that just opened called Stay Classy, <laughs> which is, I was like, the first thing that popped into my head was like... Wait, like well, he owns it? Or? No, I think, I think it's just themed like after... Like trademarked? Like, no, no, I, I don't know. Let's not get specific. I think, I think that it is, I think that it is inspired by 
uh, Ron Burgundy. Okay, so it's not like the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, like in Times Square. No, like. no, this is some kitschy New York thing. Okay, and, and uh, you know, presumably they have Scotch specials. I just thought it would have been funnier if they called it "Fuck You, San Diego." <laughs> That's pretty good too. I yeah. wish I got that reference. I've seen that movie like once. Yeah, I've seen it once. Yeah. Uh, well, he says that. Okay. Uh, reading off a teleprompter when someone is trying to fuck you, San Diego. Him. Yeah. I don't know if his, you could put "fuck" in your uh, his his, basic, his public sign, facing. Uh, everybody business. who listened to this podcast who's seen a movie more than once would know that <laughs> would know that his his sign off on that fi- in that film was "Stay classy, San Diego," and then somebody uh, jacked with the teleprompter because he was not savvy enough to not read whatever popped up out there. Anyway, how's that for good podcast? Amazing. That's good stuff. Yeah, you just returned from New York, so that's what. Uh, that's I did, we're... yeah, like uh, I guess three weeks ago, and um, that city is still the same, still well, well, bustling, bustling. It is a bustling place. It is a bustling place. There, I've heard it's a big apple. Well, I didn't see any of those while I was there. <laughs> it's like large was apples. It, was it uh, any any extremely large apples, like unwieldy <laughs> apples? I would like to buy a big apple in the Big Apple. Uh. Unwieldy apple, I think, is much more interesting. <laughs> that, most that, most apples are totally wieldy. Yes. <laughs> An unwieldy one that like sets you off your center of balance when Un- you pick it up. Ungraspable, the ungraspable apple. Anyway, um, yeah, fun fun to be there. <laughs> you know what? The people that do all of the work for uh, for the like the the guy that designed the I Heart New York shirt and stuff, uh, that department. They should hire us. We should pitch that. Oh, sure. This is good stuff, dude. Because what they need in New York are ideas. It's true. About <laughs> self-promotion. <laughs> yeah. None of that going on there. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, the stay classy thing popped up today, and I was like, that's it's totally... I was like, you could do that in Austin. Like, you could absolutely have a... have a, Like, open a, a Will Ferrell-themed bar. But... Uh, Seems like it would have a short shelf life. The first yeah, probably the first bar I ever went to in New York, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was so great, and it was TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the Bubblegum Shrimp Company, actually, um, and uh, the it was it had the look of like a um, like a double wide trailer, and um, all they served the only thing they served were um, PBR Tall Boys. And like all the carpet was ripped up, and there were like TVs that didn't work, and it was just like this. It was like taking a dive bar to like a completely different. Wasn't there level. a place called like Double Wide or something? Well, yeah, there's one. In no, Dallas there's one in Dallas called Double Wide. Yeah. Uh, I could probably and think of what this one was called, in, but like single bar that's or uh, separate bar that they have that is kind of the same thing. Hey, by the way, so I, like just while we've been talking about it on the stay classy thing, what you could do is when you when like that bar runs its course. And it's not kitschy enough anymore. You can just pick a different Will Ferrell movie. Like just change it to like, like, uh, Stranger Than Talladega Fiction, Nights or something. Stranger um, Than Fiction. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would. That's the real wacky one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, you know, uh, just you got, ideas. I'm just saying. You guys want to talk about music? Uh, I was going to say. Speaking oh, sure. of wacky. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we, I guess we should do this now. So uh, so this was my record to choose. Yeah, I think I introduced the the germ of this. Uh, idea to you at some point. I don't think. In the I, back. Well, if maybe you did. Uh, I mentioned that I was going to do it because I thought it would be entertaining because I know how much you love this band and Shane hates them. Oh yeah, well, we no, talked no. about. <laughs> I, like, let me. So let me preface this by saying. So, um, 
So today we're going to be talking about Steely Dan's record Asia, and uh, AJA. By the way, yeah, is that what it's? I, I couldn't even figure out it how is, to pronounce. I was, it. I was like Asia. I was like Asia, Asia, Asia. Yeah, it's pronounced Asia. Asia, like the like the like the continent, like the continent. Yes, like the supergroup. Yeah. Even another wonderful yeah. reason to yeah. love this band. So so anyway, so I just uh, I had a pretty solid idea, and I didn't pick it for this reason. I knew Shane would hate it. Like I just had, I had, I had zero, like zero percent chance that Shane doesn't hate this, hate this whole situation. And then, and of course, you uh, texted me to that effect, and uh, I had and, to break it up into chunks. I yeah. did, yeah. And they're only like seven or eight songs. Eight on. songs, yeah. There are uh, eight songs. Yeah, but anyway, forty minutes total. Yeah, but anyway, and and Ryan doesn't love. Jazz and there's a certain amount of like uh, oh, jazz influence here either. So I did. I there's fully, a large amount of jazz. Yeah. Influence. So I so I, I we'll fully expected. I, I fully expected that uh, that when we went down this road. No, it was you it was, doing your John Bon or your Bon Jovi. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's a little bit of that, but it's also like. So but it, you actually like it. I do like it, and like and um, beyond that, like part of the genesis of the way that this week of this podcast happened is was it last Christmas. Ryan, that you gave me this book? Uh, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, so Ryan gave me a book called A Thousand and One Songs You Must Hear Before You Die and Ten Thousand and One You Must Download. And so right now I'm going to read you all of them. So if you'll just settle in. Uh, uh, wait, thank you, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he, what was the title of the book? One Thousand and a Songs. A Thousand and One Songs, songs you that mu- you'll hear that make you, you want to die? No. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> no, yeah. th- these would fit into that uh, book. Oh, sure. A Thousand and One Songs you, you Must Hear Before You Die. So anyway, oh, right. so I was just thumbing through here, and I actually was going to go a different direction, and, and I saw that, and I was like, you know, I have, I have always known of this record, I've, and I clearly know a few tracks off this record, but I've never heard it as a, like, as cohesive a con- unit. cohesive piece of art or whatever. Yeah. And so, so anyway, so yeah, so I decided to pick it up. That, I, that I did, Shane I must hates say, it I, as much as he did is only an ancillary bit. I did say, or I, I, I must say that... Uh, I've noticed that you keep this book exactly where I would keep it, which is right by the toilet. Well, and and you know, like so the way that and and we can and eventually, like so when we get to a the track that uh, that sparked the idea of hey maybe this is what we ought to try and, and talk about this week. Um, I'll read you a little bit of what they share here, and I thought it was a really interesting take. And so I don't read it often. But I do yeah. read it some. No, like, it's it's like designed to be broken up into you know little easily digestible chunks for a couple minutes at a time. Like a thousand yeah. and one digest. digest and, yeah, and so, and and before we go and before so where we go off on any further tangents, I have to share one other thing, which is how like so the reason that I love this band, or that I that I like found fondness for this band was years ago, in between uh, my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college i worked for a time at uh, an am radio station in houston which is uh now like a i don't know it's like a talk station or whatever but at the time i was doing overnights on this little am radio station that was in this teeny tiny house in tomball texas and um they were a it was a they were a talk station but they would run these like it was uh like tax advice programming and that was mostly what they would play from like zero to six or from midnight to six. And so you can only imagine like I'm 19 and uh, it's like three o'clock in the morning and they're talking about like 
tax shelters. And I was seriously, I was like, this is how people kill themselves. Like, that's how it starts. That's about as boring as life gets. It's like, it's like, yeah, if somebody, if somebody said, show me an example of boring, I'd be like, I can see you and raise, raise any you. example. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, what would happen is, is like a lot of that programming was automated, but I would just have to plug in the commercials when they would pop up. Well, what you find is that like you've got 15, 20, 30, 40 minute chunks sometimes of like when the radio station is doing its thing and doesn't need your help. And they, it had been an AOR station, an album oriented rock station. And so they had all of these old records and uh, I would just pull records down and I would go sit in the sound booth and put on uh put on an album on this really great sound system and hear like you know and just like sort of soak stuff up until it was time to go plug another cart in to play an ad very short end to a long story is that uh is that they had among their collection uh steely dan's gaucho so i finally look, i actually came to this this band backwards because that was sort of the last album they put out before they went on extended hiatus and I never knew really any of the earlier work until I till I got to know them through that last thing. But in the middle of the night, when all you have to choose from are is like even good tax advice is shitty to listen to on the radio, and and something that can kind of take well, you, you to must another place. Have been I really enjoyed it at our childhood home at the time because I was. You're yeah. the one who kind of I, I hesitate to use the term turned me on to Steely Dan, but like. I tolerate them because, like, you were into them at the time, and I was probably 15 or 16, and um, they weren't, like, what was on pop radio, like New Kids on the Block or uh, Millie Vanilli or whatever that. And so I, and I thought they were just different enough to be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to fall st- solidly right in between you and Shane. I'm like, sure that that's true. Yeah. I just remember that, like, so I remember that. I remember... Um, that Chuck Klosterman always said that interviewing Donald Fagan was like sitting down with a college professor who was trying to get himself fired. And I was like, <laughs> that's more like, amusing than anything on this. I was like, yeah. Anyway, Shane, Shane, hey, Shane I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm monopolizing. You go ahead. What, what did you think, Shane? Well, so let me just start off by saying I don't have any such rosy, gauzy memories feels like a challenge. It, it feels, who listens to this? It, my notes are, it feels like a challenge. That's the, and then, and then there, it was going to have like, it's the second one is who listens to this? And it were going to be a, like a litany of question marks. Uh, I mean, I will, I like what you said. It makes you want to, well, let me start off by saying this. So let me be as charitable as I'm going to be. The first, I, I was previously familiar with Peg and Deacon Blues, which I consider to be two of the worst songs that I've ever had crammed in my fucking ears. And so, and I knew what to expect, but then I put, the, but then I put this on and, um, uh, that first a song, of the better songs that, on there. No, God, no. The first song, Brown Cow, was um. It starts out all. I mean, I hated it, but it, I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, this, but this, this isn't it's trying to be nice. But I gotta get it. I hated it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hated it. I, uh, um, I hate the way, and I love how they talk in the in their Wikipedia history and stuff about how like. People suggest that you put this album on to hear what it really. Oh, I love that they they didn't win an Oscar or they didn't win a, a, a Grammy for like content of the music. They won it for their engineering. These guys are just engineering fools. So um, I don't know what that says about the music that they actually create, but God knows that it, you think they wear the little hats like the. I, it's a different kind of engineer. Oh, sorry, dumbass. Yeah, okay. So um, <laughs> no, not that kind. 
And so they, uh, so this this zone brown cow. I mean, it sounds slick and smooth. And you're right when it says it makes you want to hear a, wear a loser suit. I swear to God, there was like a gif of people dancing and Studio Fifty Four in my head when I, even though this wasn't the kind of music that was playing there, this is some seventies ass shit. No, like like when the singles bars were a, an actual thing. Yeah, you I, know, I, and like I, a loser I, suit and like I wanted, exposed chest hair and gold chains. Yes, exposed. I wanted like red shag carpet curtains and like, but also like green avocado. <laughs> Shag carpet, you know, colors that don't. We had that when we were kids. There is, there is a certain like L.A. at sunset in the seventies thing that happens with this. There's a certain, there's a certain seventies thing. So there's have you have you have yacht rock, which I think is kind of taken off. Hey, this uh, is Mike McDonald plays. This this is the guys that stayed on the dock. This is dock rock. Dock rock. Yeah, dock rock. Nice mark for the win. Although, although (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Michael McDonald played keys on this record. He did. So it's like and and backing vocals. Uh, oh, and, and, uh, and I find, yeah, yeah, these I, guys, I was like, on never peg, I'm, like I'm like, man, that sure sounds like Michael McDonald. Well, that's because it is Michael McDonald. Oh, yeah. God, it's so interminable. <laughs> I can't believe you said it was only 40 minutes. I swear to God, I literally had to break this up into three song chunks <laughs> or however that worked out. Three, like, three, two. No, 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 no. I did four songs. And then I guess I did it only, and then two. Let's songs listen and two to songs. a chunk, Kevin. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, let's do. Let's uh, let's let us if, uh, rip it off like a bandaid. Let's start with Peg. If, uh, let me just let you know one thing about this. I, I, if I listen back to this show, I, I will be fast forwarding over this clip. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? If you play it again, you might have a you have, might have occasion to play it at my funeral quicker than you thought. Um, I want to say one thing real quick before I forget about it, and that and that's um, and I thank see, you. Is that what it, is that what it's it was? Oh, I thanked yeah. you the other day via text. Um, They're hugging tightly right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I've read stuff about them, and you guys just mentioned it a second ago, and that's that they're that they're jazz influences, and you said jazzy, and I was like, right. Jazzy doesn't mean jazz, just like smooth jazz bears no relation to jazz. This is like smooth. That's a, that's a fair point. This yeah, is like so. smooth. There's, there's a bit of a jazz fusion. There's thing a ja- going. No, there's a jazzy thing. There's a maybe jazz fusion. I'll give you that. This is like classic rock and fucking smooth jazz. So I want to share. So it was actually this song that uh, that popped up in that that book that you gave me, Ryan. Oh so, yeah. Um, some of this we've talked about a little bit, but it basically it said like. Uh, by 1977, Steely Dan had honed an already smooth sound 
into an impossibly polished jazz pop fusion, not a glitch in its sophisticated armory. I know Shane's going to disagree with that. There wasn't a single slouch, Walter Becker said, of the players on the 76 Heather Royal uh, scam, which was the record that uh, predated this one. Anyway, essentially, the point that they get to is that uh, these guys are super picky, and uh, they eventually determined that they, A, didn't want to tour anymore, and B, that they didn't have to keep the same band around with all of these really amazing session players that lived in L.A. at the time. And so they essentially became two guys and a bunch of uh, who wrote the songs and a bunch of session Rotating players. Rotating cast of characters. Kind of, like, totally. It's kind of like the 70s version of Daft Punk is right now. Yeah, I would think. I mean, that's. I don't think that that's entirely incongruent. So a very, very slick music also. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, well, and they would do like a... Like each song, they would record like forty times or something to. Well, know, they get... th- so that that song in particular, the guitar solo was recorded forty times, and the guy who uh, finally did a version of it that they were like, okay, this is the one that we want to keep, is a he was a producer guitarist, and they used to go through like apparently they went through like uh, producers as well, so it was like you know it was just like one of these like kind of. Never being sort of satisfied. And well, you'll sorry. Like, that is some seventies hubris right there. That's, oh, sure. That, that yeah. you, you will at least that. admit the record's a, a bit overproduced. I I think that there it is, is like zero spontaneity on this record at I, all. I, well, I no, I'll, I'll admit to that. And I think over like it. I think certainly I can see how some people would say that it's overproduced. I think yeah. the people that that really connect with it maybe feel like it. Like it arrived at the place that it should arrive, but, but that's the kind of, but yeah. the, that's the people that like that sound. I mean, sure, sure. I, I, I'll, I'll yeah. down the band all day long, but I'm not going to down their fans. Like everybody comes from like a different place and sure. stuff that they like. To me, it's less overproduced than it is just sh- 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 like shined like they, it's to a to a to a, uh, a very uh, like chrome like finish. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very too clean. One of yes, the too clean. Yeah. One of the things that I do kind of find appearing, appealing is that lyrically, like a lot of the sort of lyrical the lyrical content tends to be pretty dark. Yeah, but his the, lyrics are good. Yeah, well, the lyrics are dark. Ooh, Shane had something nice. I do. Oh, his <laughs> lyrics can be not can, always. Can but we they put in the uh, needle on the record scratch right there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there can be. He does have some funny lyrics that I love. Just the fact that the band is named after a dildo. I mean, that, that is true yeah, from uh, has, uh, William Burroughs' book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Naked Lunch, Naked Lunch, which is yeah. also the name of a really, really, really amazing Steely Dan cover band in DFW. Like Naked Lunch or the Naked Lunch. That's what. Yeah. They, and they're like twenty people in that band. Like that's how many people they have to put on stage, but they sound exactly like Steely Dan. They're a lot of fun if you like Steely Dan. So. Not, amazing, not Shane. Like yeah. when you said amazing Steely Dan cover band, I just had this <laughs> idea of like a. Like a cl- like completely deconstructing the music and the, you know whatever you're doing with no 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 I'm gonna give a little plug to a, a girl that I know fair uh, reasonably well but uh, is this was, like your version of to all the girls I've loved before no like, but there's a there's a girl here in town who posted something on Facebook recently and uh, I know her fairly well um, but she's in a Devo cover band called We Are Not Men and yeah it's, oh it's my all, God, it's so it's great. all women yeah and um, I think that's a pretty good idea they uh, wear the little hats. Yeah, and no, they're no. indeed not men. Yeah, that's totally great. <laughs> so, so the last piece of, that I'm going to read of this uh, of this peg review says, uh, and this is why that I that I wanted to share it because Shane, you talked a little bit about the disco thing, and it says, of course, peg sounds almost disco, but its funky strut was not left to fester. In 1989, De La Soul, 
exhumed its perfectly preserved form, snatching baseline brass and vocal sample to bring the bliss to the Daisy Age hit I Know. A little bit of like uh, what goes around. And that's a good song, and that goes back to something I've said before. And we talked about this last week. Um, I think it was last week when we were what you weren't here, um, and that is that. Like that, I think that's a good song, but they reappropriated it in an interesting way. Um, just like you know, like you'll hear a, a Bob Dylan song or a Grateful Dead song done by somebody else. You're like, that's a great song, and then you find out it's a Grateful Dead song. You're like, oh wow! Well, like all along in the Watchtower, I think is amazing. Done by Jimi Hendrix. Done by Jimi Hendrix. Right. Exactly. And done by Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Like, yeah. eh, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Dylan song. Yeah. Thank you, but thank you, Bob Dylan. What else you got? <laughs> Uh, Kevin, you want to queue up another song? Yeah, so, um, I don't know, maybe we ought to, maybe, I, well, let's do, let's do Deacon Blues, because I think that there's, I know that, I know that Jane hates that song, <laughs> but I think that, I think lyrically, so I was right. there's that something interesting that they try to do here, and so we'll talk about it on the other side. So there is a line in here where he says, uh, so sue me if I go on too long. And I'd just like to say that I have started a class, started a action, class action lawsuit. lawsuit. <laughs> well, let yeah. me be the first to sign on to or the second, uh-huh. I should say. It's like, yeah, that's, isn't that how Kickstarter got started? Like somebody, somebody went like, uh, I need some money because I have to do something foolish. <laughs> Um, no, well, so yeah, so uh, that's not my favorite song on the record by any stretch, but one of the things that I, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to share it is that I, I do think that there is a sentiment that is expressed in that song that I think kind of, uh, covers the sort of like worldview of, of these two guys, which is that essentially like what they do is they contrast, uh, the world through the eyes of college football teams. One of the the successful one being Alabama, the Crimson Tide, and this the unsuccessful one being uh, Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons, which they is why that song basketball team every now and then. Wait, I guess. this is a real thing. It's a real thing. Like, I thought you were just making up this about. obtuse. Like, like this, this makes weird me analogy. hate this band even yeah. more. Well, anyway, the point the point being was that they 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 the the way that the the lyrics come together for this song, it's like they identify with the outcast, like they identify with the outsider, and so that that outsider is in rural North Carolina, they don't ever bring up, but like you know at the very least like uh that that's their that that's their take like they they wanna you know they're the it's like there is there was a piece uh there was something that I read about Donald Fagan during the research for this 
tonight where he was talking about, I guess, during their their time at Bard College, which that's funny. Like, I'm sorry. Bard just, College? Yeah. Bard College, yeah, yeah. in New York. And, Is that uh, where you go to learn to, to be Shakespeare? Perhaps, yes. Yeah. Pontificate. Yeah. And so, anyway, um, two things around that around what I read about that time were pretty funny, or at least noteworthy. One was that apparently Chevy Chase was a drummer in a band that, that they do. Like that was true. Yeah, yeah, he was the like original drummer or one of the early drummers in a band that precursored uh, yeah. Steely Dan. To Steely yeah. Dan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, uh, and then the other thing was that Donald Fagan said that that time in his life was really the only time that he could ever remember having friends. And so Shane will probably say, like, he's, oh, he, yeah. He again. sounds like, like a fucking weird dude. No, I like, do think he's, he's a weird dude. He's like, got yeah. super big-time stage fright, which yeah. is a, a big reason why they didn't tour a lot. Right. All you have to do is listen to this music to know, like, somehow <laughs> there's some weirdness he, going on in the background. He's just embarrassed to play it in front of people. Well, no, that, yeah, no, just just that there's there's somehow it's just such a weird amalgamation of things at the time that were it it see it seems like a record that was made to go home and like smoke a joint and put on some headphones and listen to your hi-fi by yourself kind of thing. Like I thought you were going to say throw a rope over the rafters. Your, <laughs> well, no, if it were me, I, but I wouldn't have done any of those so, things yeah, that I just so, said. So sit in your beanbag chair. Like just kind of yeah. I I don't know. I can see this music. It's it is weird. I mean, now we don't see it as, but it's a pretty weird combination of stuff. I mean, sometimes I feel like when you you pull that slot lever and you, you come up with the you know the fruit, then the bar, then the whatever. Um, sometimes like the weird combinations can turn up and and be you know great. This is one of those where. It turned up wrong. It turned up wrong. <laughs> well, I do think the one one thing that I read that was real, I thought was particularly interesting was that one review said that Steely Dan has no like at the time that this band sort Soul? of came into into prominence had no um, musical antecedent, and so uh, like it's not like you can hear the Beatles in this band. It's well, and like they are like stuff. critical darlings, and I think that's probably why. Well, is that sure, they were doing something completely different than. And anything anyone else had ever done. If you're looking for one, which is not to say that they should. Well, well, whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> like so. So, if you're looking for an antecedent to to what it is that they that they ended up becoming, it's like really, it's sort of like it's almost like Duke Ellington era jazz when those when there was more song structure and it was sort of less free flowing and squonky. more of a more of a like production yeah. situation. Yeah. And so they they combine that with certain elements of like seventies, yeah. There's rock like and a little pop. bit of math. There's rock like thing. funk. There's like a funky like, sound and bass. It's not funk. Don't get me wrong. It's just prominent. And there's you know it's it's funky. Again, the difference between funk and funky. I guess I, I could say that you could like I was saying about jazzy, jazzy and jazz or whatever. Sure, jazz hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. What I was going to say is it the, it stands out. You know, it, it doesn't sound like anything. It doesn't else. sound like that. Is true. You yeah. definitely know a Steely Dan song you when you hear one. Yeah, you like, you're definitely. not like who's this? Who no, I don't. If I if Wait, a, it's a, some marital aid, I can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if a Steely Dan song comes on the radio, like it saves me so much time where I don't I, before I know that I have to change know, the yeah, channel. Punch it right out. I, I just yeah. have to do it immediately. Okay, so, send your letters to. <clears throat> you want to do a, a few minutes with Ryan? You have it this week. I do, yeah. uh, and I will share. On the other side. All right, sounds good. Let's do a few minutes with. 
you're pointing at me. Uh, yeah, so I've got uh, a few minutes with, and it's going to be a few minutes with Bow Wow Wow. I want yippee yo, yippee yay. Oh, so, right. Also, similar. Yeah, not yippee yo, yippee yay, and also really similar to Steely Dan. Is it, uh, is it I want some of the candy? Uh, I believe it's actually called <laughs> I want candy. I would, uh, I, would okay. I would like a piece of your candy. Yeah. Can, I have, can I have, May I have some, some candy, please, and sir? These are oh. all like translations. Totally. totally. <laughs> May I have some candy? <laughs> Two pence <laughs> worth of sweets, please. It's the, it's, the, it's the austere British version of that song. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that that's great. I mean, we're coming up on Halloween. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory. Oh, that is a Halloween-themed song. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. true. I, I hadn't even thought about that. I but, uh, sure enough. Yeah. Uh, say sh- never mind. I'm, I know you didn't. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought anyway. you said shirt off, and I was like, "What? Say what shirt what off. Is, sure enough? That is the yeah. <laughs> yeah now show I got enough. It. Yes, yes, I understand now. Anyway, so so that's what we're doing. We're doing. I want candy. Uh, What's that song? Which is actually a cover, but we'll get into that. All okay. right. Well, let's go watch the video. song so much it's a good song um, yeah and there's a lot of backstory there i don't know how much you guys know about bow wow wow or i know nothing about bow wow wow they basically are malcolm mclaren's creation like new kids on the block or you know any boy band you can think of like he made them up and they're also the ants plus Annabella, whatever her last name is. The ants from uh, Adam, Adam and Adam Ant. He stole yeah. their entire band and made a new band and then hired or uh, did auditions for like six months till he found her. She was 14 at the time, 16 when this video was made. She doesn't look 16. She does not look 16. And her mother was not very happy uh, with her involvement. I would not have yeah. been either. Uh, can I be real quick before we get into this? There's one thing that I, I found really, I mean, just from my point of view, like interesting about this. Take away just the the way that it, that the video looked and what they were wearing and the way they looked. It could have been, it could have come out this year. Oh, I mean, totally. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything that they were like at the guitar player with the, with the, you mean aviator, the fashion or the concept. The, the the fashion, the aviator sunglasses with the, the weird hair, with the nature of yeah, and what stuff. she was yeah. wearing with those ankle boots, and she's same thing like with her hair up and these kind of like quasi dreads and stuff. I mean, it literally could have come out this year. They might not have done like the the Stonehenge um, cane okay. canes. That was, yeah. that, was the, that was the two things. I was gonna, and the solarization and the, that's what I was saying. Yeah. That that's I was saying other than the way that, that it looks with the video and that stuff and 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 the oversight sexualization of a 16 year old girl don't forget about that when she goes well, and gets and in the was, ocean water when she was 15 she appeared naked on a uh, album cover i mean not 
showing the naughty bits, but she was definitely naked in a recreation of uh, Dejeuner Sur L'Herbe or Luncheon on the Grass. Yeah, thank you. Um, but there's a famous Manet painting where like, there's a, a naked woman on there, and they did a recreation of it, and um, mom was not very happy about Not our mom, but her mom, not yeah. very happy about that. And so, Who's it a cover of? Who's who's it who co- who did the original version of that song? Oh, uh, Strange Love. Oh, like okay. it's in the fifties. I've heard it before. It just sounds like a more fifties version of that song. And that that version was the original. Gen- it was, was a probably- gender ver- reversal, isn't it? Uh, I remember well, correctly. I, I think it was sung by a man. Um, the, uh, then the original right. one's probably about candy, just like a guy who like likes candy. Just really likes candy. <laughs> back really in, was back some, in the fifties. Yeah. yeah it's a, anybody got some taffy? Like that's what the, that song was originally called. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. It's a, it's that's what it, I get that song confused with. There were other songs that came out at that time, like uh, I know Katrina what boys like or Katrina. And, yeah, right. I'm walking on sunshine. Sure, there's like poppy, boppy. Um, yeah, I remember the. the I'm not saying they're like, all distinct to me. Yeah, I mean, no. I just get them all confu- like they're all someone's part of like one. I don't say they. I don't think they all sound the same. It's just like one sound. Like they're all good. St- they were, Every single they song is a they good were playing. Song. The, they were playing the same crowds. I, I do, yeah, yeah, and I do think that like one thing that all like those songs all sound like is like a band who was like any act that was constructed to put their one song together. Like nobody ever asked like, but what about the rest of Katrina and the Waves catalog? You know, that's like what's the well, what's was, the old joke, Ryan? Like I have all of your or, album. Or like, yeah, I yeah. think that was your joke. Yeah, it was. Or even I mean, like like, uh, like Naked Eyes, who also had a one hit wonder that was a cover song. Uh, love that always song. something there uh, to remind me. Right. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good song. That's yeah. a cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who knew? It is. Anyway, okay. no thanks for thanks for walking us down memory lane. Um, and I it's did, it's a little bit of counter programming. Because it doesn't sound like Steely Dan. It is some it kind of programming. Not. It does not sound like Steely Dan. It, um, it does not. And, but uh, I just yeah. remember that we actually had to go back and listen to another Steely Dan oh, song. Oh, good lord! <laughs> and uh, but yet, uh, still, uh, like sort of produced very carefully, albeit in a totally different way. And I love but, the production on this song. Well, maybe um, he's and and I feel the same way about most Adam and the Ants stuff I've heard. Is like it's got. Incredible percussion uh, to the point where, like, apparently Malcolm McLaren like got some like field recordings of like some African tribes like playing drums, and then just exposed a bunch of people to him in England, and uh, people thought that was like sort of I don't know like cultural. Malcolm McLaren, the dude that put the Sex Pistols together, he is is yeah the, the the very same. Like kind of the precursor to uh, what's that asshole that was on American uh, Idol? Um, <laughs> Simon Simon Garfunkel. Yeah, Simon. Cowell. I was gonna say Simon Sim- LeBlanc. Simon the, the Garfunkel. From, <laughs> yeah, Simon Garfunkel. Simon, <laughs> like the dude from Duran Duran. Simon LeBlanc. That's gonna be my stage name when I embark on my Simon solo. Garfunkel. Simon Garfunkel. Simon LeBlanc Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. Let's go talk about. Uh, let's Doc let's Rock. get back into Asia, and yeah. uh, we'll do that uh, on the other side. Thank you. 
Okay, so I've been um, I have been wanting to share a little bit of the uh, of the Rolling Stone take on this record, and sometimes I think these these but they like it the magazine or the band they do they do like it <laughs> yes yes. <laughs> No, the phenomenon of a stone yeah. rolling downhill, <laughs> gathering no moss, right. <laughs> and, and yet doing music reviews, multiple yeah. stones. Um, yes, yeah. No, this is uh, this is not uh, Keith and Mick, and uh, or or uh, whatever Gravity. You know, <laughs> talking about this record. Um, this is a guy named Michael Duffy who wrote this in December of nineteen ninety seven or nineteen seventy seven. He said. Um, just I'll just hit a highlight. He said, Asia will continue to fuel the argument by rock purists that Steely Dan's music is soulless and by its calculated nature antithetical to what rock should be. But this is in many ways relevant to a final evaluation of the band. The only group around with no conceptual antecedent from the 60s, which we talked a little bit about before the break. Um, their six albums contain, according to this guy, some of the few important stylistic Innovations in pop music of the past decade by returning to swing and early bebop for inspiration before jazz diverged totally from established conventions of pop song structure. Fagan and Becker have overcome the amorphous quality that has plagued most other jazz rock fusion attempts. Whether you agree with like sort of where he nets out there, I think some of the but premises that he sets up are interesting. I definitely see where he's, he's touching going. On, he's touching on that on what we discussed the 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 production. Uh, as, as as Shane kind of put it, the 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 over cleanliness uh, of of the end result, and right? The amount of time that they spend just re-recording things until they're perfect. I think. Well, but well, in jazz, jazz as a construct with song structure rather than just like noodling and squonking. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate those words. But more than said more that, than the actual music, but considerably more than the actual music. Yeah, man. If I read that review without having, I would be, I would have been like, like, go check them out, motherfucker. I need to go buy this shit right now, <laughs> and then I would be very disappointed in figuring out your head against the nearest cinder block. How I could get my money back as quickly as possible. Well, here's the other like the other point that he makes in this article. I think is pretty interesting. And he says that Asia exists or exhibits a carefully manipulated isolation from its audience with no pretense of embracing it. And I think that's probably true. Like, this, definitely isolated this, from Shane. Well, obviously. But I mean, like, even beyond like one guy not liking it or lots of people not liking it, the, the way that this band puts these songs out there, like, they are, they're not intended to be warm. They're intended to be what they are, which is like probably not unlike. Donald Fagan, like a little, a little unique and a little out there, little distant. You, and you make a, and you make a good point there, and that's that. And I guess it, it, a part of my, well, no, I mean, I just don't like them. But I mean, once I get into thinking about who they are, is and I have a, having when I when I'm like, who listens to this? I shouldn't say who listens to this. I can get that. It's who loves this. I mean, you you can't. Kevin Newsom. And I can't. Well, and I will. I will. You listen I want, to it all the time. No, like, the, no, like, no. But I go through. I'll go through. Like I'll go through Jags where I listen to a lot of Steely Dan. He yeah. said good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I, I definitely think it's bad. Um, but I mean, there are things that I do appreciate, and I, you know, just I think I touched on this before, and I'll just reiterate for a second um, that you're right. I mean, they they didn't have. There wasn't a lot. 
there was nothing that sounded like Steely Dan and pretty much nothing that sounds like Steely Dan like you know since then. I want to say one more thing before we get out of this because I will forget. My 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 other competing image other than the the gif of the woman in the pink chiffon dress dancing at Studio 54 is like of somebody's dad like with his shirt a couple buttons too low like wearing like uh Wearing like um, khaki shorts and boat shoes, like just on his back porch, just dancing to himself, listening to this, you know, after having had a couple of beers. And so the reason why is that actually sounds like happy times to me. It, it sounds like great times, yeah, right? But yeah. but the, the, the uh, long ago, when when we were talking uh, a few episodes ago when Phil was here and you guys were talking about uh, the Suki Ray and and Dad Rock. Um, this is what dad rock is to me, like fucking Steely Dan. Well, and you could certainly make the argument that this is like certainly more chronologically important. Like, like no, 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 it's, I'm just- it's older, and it also appeals to like. I will say this: we haven't gotten into this part, and it's probably a little late in the podcast. So we won't go down the rabbit hole on it, but but I will say that like this it's certainly not a scientific observation, but it's like I have pockets of I certainly have I certainly know people who I adore. Who are not Steely Dan fans, and I totally get it. Like I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I have, I also have friends and people that I meet who are big Steely Dan nuts, and they have certain characteristics, and they're not. Like, I was going to ask you, like, like, do they have like a char- like a trait in common? They like, tend to be they like tend- Deadheads or something. No, not like not at all. Like they're not necessarily even similar to each other, other than the fact that they're all bright people and like kind of independent thinkers. Like I find that typically, like it, as a like as a class photo, well, and I it will would be say, really yeah, I'll say this about Steely Dan. Like they don't, they I can't imagine them. You can't call them a lowest common denominator. You might not like them. They're not, the, but whatever, they're not. The they're not like or, uh, base level like, shitty. You know, pop. Yeah. You're not gonna um, find some guy that this is his favorite band and his next favorite band is Limp Bizkit. Probably you're not. not yeah. gonna, you're not gonna see that. You're not gonna. Okay, and to make it more like. Era specific. There's nobody that's really into Steely Dan who also thinks Beth is the best Kiss song ever. Oh yeah. So anyway, oh um, we did one thing we didn't mention before we uh, maybe do one more track is uh, that in 2011 Asia was deemed by the Library of Congress to be culturally, historically, or aesthetically important and added to the U.S. National Recording Registry. Ha ha ha. Bing. There you go. Booyah. <laughs> So anyway, and it's it's on a Rolling Stone list, but I almost feel like those are useful or not useless because they revise them all the time and they put out different ones. But anyway, we've got maybe one more track before we go to the. Uh, yeah, it's your pick, brother. Okay, um, Shane, do you hate Josie? I guess yes. Okay, As, well, there's not a song he doesn't hate. Okay, well, let's do Josie then. All right. Okay.
So another little uh, interesting piece. There was a, a site called the Classic Rock Review, which I have not found. But anyway, apparently they uh, got some traction on this because if you run searches for this record, it pops up in the uh, – also – Fog Machine update, if you guys are wondering, uh, listening. Oh, totally rock and roll up in here right now. <laughs> super, oh, yeah. super rock and roll between the Godspell uh, painting and the uh, fog. But anyway, uh, it says, The album concludes with Josie, the most uh, rock-oriented song on the record, albeit heavily funk-oriented. In fact, the album's liner notes refer to the song as Punkadelia. I don't even know if that what that word means. A fusion of funk with more sardonic lyric. This actually sounds like it's not very well written. But anyway, the point being is uh, recording uh, features several more studio innovations ranging from the incorporation of synthesizers to the inclusion of a garbage can lid uh, by drummer Jim Keltner. So anyway, whatever. Like, ultimately, roving cast of characters, lots of uh, session musicians. And I did think one thing that I haven't mentioned was that Walter Becker actually said in relation to this record and how many people they had play on it, he said that actually he would have been totally fine with not playing on his own album. They they, they enjoyed had a being they had the vision. They enjoyed being the puppeteers and the, like they could play that. He's a proficient guitarist. Like they could play them, but he was like, if we bring people in and they and we craft it the way that we so want they were to craft they were it, more like the the maestro types. Yeah, uh, I mean, and there there have been bands like that or acts like that, like the The and like uh, like you know there are a few acts where yeah the The had like one guy in it though and like a rotating cast of characters. Well, right, right? but I mean, yeah. the point being is like it's like it is it's one of those things that has been done from time to time in different genres and to varying amounts of success. And so anyway, I just think that it's it was for for me like taking on this record was a window into their process a little bit. And kind of where they were, and it was just something I hadn't explored. So, anyway, uh, I can kind of see where they bring up funk, but it has to be the least funky thing I've ever called. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not. You know, we're not talking about funk at all. I think they're. I just yeah. think that that they're trying, like that that writer or those writers are trying to differentiate between the idea of like rock sound bass or like other sound bass. Well, and I guess a, this is like finger picked or. Slapped a little, a little slap, but yeah, I mean it doesn't. But it, I don't know. It, it does not sound like rock and roll bass. This is not. No, that's well, that's not part of. And you didn't either. have a lot. Yeah. You didn't have a lot of permutations of of music in the in the seventies. You didn't have a lot of like as many choices of as many many genres as we do now. That's true. Well, and the and the taste of the public has changed. I mean, one of the things that. Uh, I mentioned Klosterman earlier. One of the things that he also wrote about, which doesn't have anything directly to do with this, but I think it's kind of analogous, is like if it's better that we have all of this information at our fingertips. Like one of the things that we were talking about during the break in between the, the last segment before we got back to this record was like what happened to all these people as they went on. Well, we can look at all that out and find it up, find it like at a moment. Within seconds. Notice. Yeah, yeah, within seconds. Yeah. And then, it, it, you know, in this case, like, you're really listening to albums as a as a cohesive piece of work, and there's a little bit of that that you lose when you have a single mindset uh, or a single track mindset. So, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's an ode to a different era, and, uh, you know, interesting, well, well, Kevin, to, interesting um, to poke around. I'm going to say thank. Not thank you, but just thank. Oh, Because sure. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> you said you'd fall in the middle. I, I'm completely in the middle. Okay, I, I'm going to say two thumbs down, way down. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
All right. Well, that that'll leave me to uh, to roll down the windows as I drive down Rodeo in my uh, giant collared uh, uh, fancy suit. So, so giant collared fancy suit. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna be what I call my cover band. Okay, right, so Shane, what you got for yeah, us? Yeah, so for a uh, current affair, I've been thinking about this. I had two pretty good ones. Um, I'm going to go with the one without the video. Uh, this is going to be An Island by Clara Nova. Hello, everyone. I'm Maureen O'Boyle. Welcome to A Current Affair for this Friday, February 5th. reason i wanted to listen to that was just to have a little chaos like after after music that's so tightly precise precise i mean this is like it's precise in a different way it is but but there's the, and that's the thing that there's all of this weird like well can, can i just say this uh, if there's not already this adjective in the english lexicon i'm gonna coin it bjorky Mm-hmm. i told you uh, there's yeah. there's bjork yeah. stuff going on there bjorky but, and kind of what's that band churches Little bit of that, a mm, little bit more, more Bjork. I th- I, I feel but like yeah, she, does, she doesn't sound like that with her vocals as much as she does like the like the curveballs being thrown in the. That's production. exactly a good way to put it. Like you know, like that. Like they kind of spin off How's in that? like what a weird dissonant beer, way. Beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of there there's a lot of uh, or, orchestral stuff that just that turns into like dissonance cacophony just for a second, and it sounds like like sheet metal being beaten, but like. In this like softened way, so it, it's not like it in actually your face. reminded me of an article I read earlier this week, and this happens every time people vote on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is just you know rifled with you know it's controversy all the time. It is, but um, this guy wrote this impassioned screed about like, hey, any of the songs you've listened to in the last thirty years, like, are influenced by this one band, Kraftwerk, like anything that's Shut like. Up. No. <laughs> well, to some degree, he's love, right. But this I would is love to anything, hear that anything that's play been out. anything that's been produced on not physical instruments in the last. Well, actually, like they started in 1972. The year I was born. Okay. Yeah, well, but, yeah. If that's the, if that's the metric that you're working by, yeah. Okay. But, but sure. Yeah, but then we have a discussion. But in but to some degree, he's correct. Fully correct about that. But we've gone through so many generations now of music that that, that that's almost like saying, you know, like. Well, you know, any words that you're saying these days came from Middle English, you know, like at some point. Kind of true. 
Like, well, but, it's yeah. all true, but it's irrelevant. But I mean, yeah. that's it's an irrelevant a, yeah, a, conversation. Like, essentially, sorry like, that you're the world's biggest Kraftwerk fan, yeah, dude. I, and I can't name. Meanwhile, I, I'm a big music fan. I can't name a Kraftwerk song. Oh. Well, right. I told you about like uh, the the gal that I used to work with, who was like somehow or another we got to talk. She was here during. She was not a music fan and was here for a work thing during South by Southwest, and and somehow or another we got to talking about Moby, and she was like. Well, what are his songs that I would know? And I was like, wow, you know what? Like, I don't really know. Really? Like, he did that thing with Gwen I... Stefani. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. East Side, something uh, like that. Yeah, what? right. Exactly. And that's that's the same thing. It's like we all like sort of tilt our head and just ponder what, what the answer it's might be. Like, it's like a dog yeah. looking at you when you're but, taking but, your clothes off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or being shown a card trick. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, coming off of that. Yeah, there's like noise and there's weird. And it's a good headphone It's a pretty song. good song. It's a it's a better, like I said before, it, it, like it, at first I was just drawn into it because of the weird production, but the, I think the, if you give it a couple of listens, like you'll, it'll start making more sense. You, to you are drawn to weird production. Yeah. What was that that band that you played me that sounds like a like a nineteen fifties film that uh, has been? Oh, Ariel Pink's Haunted Graffiti. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh boy, that's good stuff, man. You guys, I both, hate that band. You guys like, both need I to be just, thanking me because like, I keep wanting to pick that to pick an album. I actually him. think it's kind of amusing. But like because it's, I think it's a good listen. It sounds warped. Uh, I, yeah, I, I enjoy I, like, that. I, like I have a hard time getting into that act. As much as I enjoyed, like kind of the quirky preciseness of this, of what we have listened to, is sort of the main thing tonight. I also equally enjoy like music that just like sort of drags you along like the tide. Like as long as it's interesting and there's something going on there of substance, like. Like I can, yeah, that, I can absolutely that nobody else is doing. Yeah, well, sure. but that's the cool thing about that's the thing that that seals it for me is that you have like an interesting verse, you have this interesting production, and then it like snaps literally, almost literally on a on a snare hit kind of thing into that chorus. That's just it's it's super poppy and like super like it, it's very. Different. If you go back and listen, like she's got a lot of complicated things going on um, melodically in the verse, and then all of a sudden it snaps into like a really typical pop song melody in the chorus. Interesting song. Well, thanks yeah, for sharing. Sure, you're welcome. And so who's got next week? I do. Yeah. So next week we're going to listen to. Okay. So we were going to be listening to something from the '80s, but I don't want it to seem like I'm ramping up. Um, I think I said that earlier in the show. So we're going to listen to Sylvanesso next week. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's a good band. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea what that is. Good. I uh, you know I'm I'm a bigger fan of dance music than both of you guys, and I've been finding a way. To I'm not going to make any of us just sit down and listen to an EDM record for 35, 40 minutes. Um, this band has. How would you know when you're ever done? <laughs> well, I see. I like. I like just a lot. Put of it on stuff. a loop and it's like hell. But I'm not. I'm not going to do that to you. But this band has a lot of dance elements to it. It actually has a lot of 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 interesting disparate elements, like that last song that we just. Ooh, listened Shane! To you know what? LCD Sound System is getting back together. Oh, yeah, can't wait I, for I, that! I almost mentioned that as well. Yeah, yeah. I know you're excited. Yeehaw. I'm yeah. throwing my hat up. In the I, air. I, I don't. I don't understand how you just can play have the one, hits. One side of your head that you are bringing up this dancey thing, because which I haven't heard. I don't. I, I also. I I like drum and bass, but I, I really. Um, you're just a, very specific about your. I just like what I like. Certain Who kinds of drums. Some kind of bass. All right. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Shut some up. Drums, some we'll see. I'm just going to nip this in the bud. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And Mark. That was Somebody Likes It.